You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. Here we go again, ladies and gentlemen, mic check. One second, mic check. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson. And today, dude, we're breaking down a new farm for my buddy, Nate. Uh, We are going to talk about a buck that is daylighting every day. And now we got to put the, um, we're going to talk it out. We're going to put the pieces of the puzzle together on this new farm and basically have a strategy breakdown session on today's episode where we talk about the property. We talk about deer movement. We talk about what his plan is, uh, some of the downfalls of the property, the property itself, what we think this buck is doing. And, and really it's just breaking down a, a specific buck. And I know it's early right because we're getting ready to come into this velvet stripping uh, time of year and that tends to change deer behavior Uh, bucks start to get more aggressive bachelor groups start to break up and deer especially big mature deer if they're not solo already they break away from their bachelor groups and go solo and sometimes that means new core areas fall you know, fall areas versus, you know, coming off of their salt of summer range going into their fall range. And sometimes that can be a a big difference in where these deer are located on top of that. uh, You know, you're going to hear him talk about how the farmer says he doesn't see many bucks out here, you know, out on that property once the crops are out. So maybe it's just one of those things where, the crops are out. I don't pay attention to the, the property anymore. Or if truly once the crops are out, the deer just go somewhere else. So it's a really fun episode where we, we dive into the strategy of a specific property and a specific deer. So I had an absolute blast. These are some of my favorite types of episodes where we really just apply everything that we've ever learned, uh, all the woodsmanship, you know, and and try to hopefully what well, something comes out of this episode and Nate can get in there on the September opener and potentially put an arrow in him. That would be so sweet uh, to, to have happen. So uh, that's what we're talking about in today's episode, man. Uh, since my, since my, since the last episode, my shoulders are actually feeling a lot better. So I think honestly, I'm going to give it past this holiday weekend and then I'm going to get into shooting my bow every single day. I'm going to start like just a handful of reps. Then I'm going to start working up the reps every single day, more reps, more reps, more reps until the point where I'm back at it. I'm, I'm comfortable again with my shot. And uh, that, that's the only thing, really. I have a couple trail cameras that I want to get out on uh, some different properties near my house, mostly all public. But I want to try to locate a couple really good spots for, you know, for the uh, for maybe the early October time frame where I can get a doe tag and and uh, find a, a place to go shoot a doe. But other than that, man, it's just kind of my everything is on standby. I got all my gear for the most part ready. I, I might buy another pair of boots, but I think what I have is going to be um, 
what I have is going to work again this year just because it's not too crazy wet wherever I, you know, when and where I hunt. I'll probably have to eat my words this year. But anyway, uh, I think I'm good to go with the gear. I got All I have to do is shoot more, make sure my arrows uh, are tuned and my bow is tuned and I'm tuned. And, you know, I'm going to start picking up the, the cardio for um, for my for my western hunt and usually what that means is just i'm gonna go put a head put on a heavy pack and i'm gonna hike three miles and i got this little round trip area that i go to and i'm gonna start doing that more and more throughout the month of uh, september and october and basically i just want to build my legs and, and the, the the conditioning and the muscle and all that my body to just go and do that now i don't need to go crazy and and run sprints or things like that but i i I do want to make sure i i have the the conditioning of my body doing what i will be doing out west and that's just climbing up up and down big hills all day long looking for mule deer and whitetails so other than that let's get into the commercials today and uh right off the bat i just want to say that uh, we have a, a new partner for the month of september and that is Ozonics. Now, Ozonics is a um, an ozone generating machine that you that people use to kill bacteria, kill odor, and this piece of equipment really has honestly changed changed the way I approach my scent elimination game or scent control game. I do I do very very little scent control as far as spraying down you know only putting on clothing certain i don't do any of that right here's here's my scent regimen my scent regimen is i run a dry wash cycle and uh, you're going to find this when you go to ozonics website on, on all the different uh um units they have and how you run them and the like what O3 actually does, what ozone actually does to to eliminate scent. And anyway, so before a hunt and after a hunt, I run a cycle on my clothes that kills all the odor. Right before a hunt, maybe, you know, 10 minutes before I get dressed, I'll run a cycle. And this prevents me, in my opinion, this prevents me from having to wash my clothes so much throughout the hunting season. I can just hang them up. I can run ozone over top of them. It kills the odor. I feel fresh. I get into the stand. And then there's, uh, on my way to the stand, I'll run the machine. Uh, in the stand, I'll run the machine. And then on my way out, I'll run the machine. And and really what it does is it just, and, and this is my opinion, it cuts odor down a very long, like it doesn't make your scent profile so potent. It knocks that down a little bit, and I believe it introduces uh, a dull smell into the air where they're they're not that it don't bust out of there. Like there, it's not a magic pill. You still have to put yourself in the right spot. You still have to play the thermals. You still have to play the wind. But in these just in case moments, dude, it works really really well. And, and I've been a big fan of Ozonics now for I'm gonna say like 10 years. I've been running them off and on and. And whether I had a partnership with them or not, I've continuously used the product because I, I believe in the science behind O3. So uh, go check out the web, Ozonics website, read up on all the uh, functionality that this that their unit has. And if you're looking to invest in something that's a little bit better than the sprays, a little bit better than having to wash your clothes every single you know day or day and a half, then this might be an option for you. All right, and then, you know, I, I spent a lot of time on, on uh, Ozonics, and we'll, we'll be hearing more about them throughout the month of September. But huge shout-out to Tethered. Huge shout-out to Wasp. Uh, Wasp, I have a discount code, NFC20, for 20% off. Huge shout-out to Vortex. Huge shout-out to Code Blue Sense. I have a discount there if you're looking to get into um, uh, some... They have scent elimination products as well. They also have uh, synthetic scents, and you can have a de- uh, sy- real and synthetic deer scents as well. Uh, so go to codebluescents.com and enter the discount code NFC20 for 20% off. Huge shout out to Woodman's Pal, and sh- huge shout out to 
Huntworth. Please go out and support the companies that support this podcast. And if you decide to purchase, let them know that you heard it from the Nine Finger Chronicles. Follow me on Instagram. If you're so inclined, do me a huge favor. Go to iTunes or wherever you download your podcast. Give me a five-star review. Make it funny. And uh, and, and then maybe I'll showcase that review on the on the podcast here but uh huge shout out to each and every one of you man and i will say this there's not one person in this world that wishes you more success this year or or success this year than i do like i hope everybody goes out and shoots the the biggest buck or fills the freezer or shoots multiple deer whatever your goal is man i'm sending good vibes out into the universe right now so all of you guys can have good vibes and like really connect this year really get put in the time but it's more than a wish right we have to go out we have to work for it and then uh, our our deer hunting goals should come true and uh, i'm really hoping all those goals come true for you guys so there's that uh really good episode today let's get into the episode and if i say episode one more time that makes three <laughs> thanks for listening three two one Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Nine Finger Chronicles. Today, I am joined by fellow Sportsman's Empire contributor. I tried to use a word that I don't often use. Sometimes when I use big words, my brain goes, hey, dude, you're not that smart. And then I mess them up. (laughs) So, so, Nate Thomas, Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. What's up, man? (laughs) Nothing, man. I, I felt when you said, when you tried to say contributor. Yeah. I kind of felt like if anybody ever watches The Simpsons, there's that like that one special kid that's always like, "I'm helping." <laughs> <laughs> that's me. What What's his name? Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't remember. It's just like if you were gonna name somebody a kid or a, a, a nerd name, that's the name that you would definitely give. You know, give yeah. that give a kid. Yeah, it's like that was the internal voice that happened is when Dan Johnson called me a contributor. I was like, "That's me." <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Like kids, are they back in school full time? Yeah. Thank God. Had a fun man. day. Had a fun morning this morning getting kids out of the house. That's for sure. Yeah. How do they all ride on the same bus or do you take them to school or? We take them to school most okay. mornings. Yeah. Uh, actually every morning we take them to school. They might ride the bus home, but, uh, I got four kids in, in four different schools now in our school district. Mm-hmm. luckily my oldest one now drives which i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but she got her license like two weeks ago yeah and uh but dude getting getting the other three kids out the door into school on time just sucks sometimes yeah one of those mornings so i live in a staggered start district where they, yeah. not all the schools start at the same time and i think they do that for bus routes specifically so they can get away with less bus drivers so that they'll run They'll run a, a, an early morning route, and then they'll run the second morning route. So my daughter gets on the bus at like 7.10, 7.15, somewhere like there. And then my, my two boys, they get on the bus at like 8.30, And so the morning is staggered a little bit. It's a longer period of time, so it's not really – it's not rushing per se. But this morning when uh, my – my alarm goes off at 6 a.m. And then I know, hey, I better go downstairs and make sure my daughter's up. Usually she has a, a phone alarm that goes off. But I knew it was going to be a rough morning when I went in. And I go, hey, sweetie, it's time to get up. It's time to get up. And the first sounds out of her mouth, uh, her body, were crying. She started, like, crying. I don't want to go to school today. And I'm like, oh, shit. Here and we so you go. just turn around yeah. and walk out of the room. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> I go, uh, I'm going to make you some toast. <laughs> so Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Our, our, our school staggers, but not like that. It's mm-hmm. like 10 minutes mm-hmm. from one school to the next, you know? Yeah. Yep. And so my kid, my, my daughter gets off the bus at like 3.30, and then my my sons get off the bus at like four forty five, four fifty, and That's so a late day. Yeah, yeah, it's a late day, but 
uh, dude, like right now, my wife went into work today, so I have zero stress in my life in the house right now, and I get to actually sit down, record some podcasts, and do some do some actual work instead of. And I, you work from home sometimes too, right? Yeah, yeah. And I do. It's it's nice at times for sure. Yeah. So there's times where. Like right now, it's awesome because I can sit down and I can work for like six hours straight, seven hours straight. I don't need breaks, right? But when the kids are at home, especially this summer, it's like work an hour, babysit an hour, work an hour, stop a fight, work at, you know work thirty minutes, and so I, I could never get into a rhythm. And now I feel like it's time to start grinding, grinding again. Yeah, I feel like like during the summertime when I'm working from home. And I'm not really bitching about it, but like your wife sometimes thinks that you can do whatever you need to be do at any time. Yeah. And you know, they'll, they'll come into your office at like 10 o'clock and be like, Hey, I need you to take kids to somewhere do this or whatnot. Mm. I'm like, I'm working. <laughs> I, I can't just no, like you're not. Frolic around. No, you're not. Well, you're, you're sitting, you're sitting downstairs and like, oh, what do you think I'm doing down here? Just yeah. sit around. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, during the summertime, I do a lot of work at night. I noticed more than I do during the school year when I'm by myself because uh, I end up getting taken to daddy duty or, mm. you know, husbandly duty during the, the summertime. And then 10 o'clock at night rolls around and I'm back downstairs working because I had to make up for what I missed. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is what it is. Is what That's it the is. the joys of working from home. But yep. now we don't have to worry about it because all the kids are back in school. Right. Hey, I, you have I told you about the Michael Jordan picture? Uh, I don't think so. All right. You know that iconic Michael Jordan picture where he's in black and white and he's doing this? Yep. You know, he's a little serious. It says, just do it or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, somebody made a meme with it or whatever you call that. And it's the same picture of Michael Jordan doing that. And in the bottom, it just says, fuck them kids. (laughs) (laughs) I laugh my ass off every time I see it. Oh, yeah. Yep. I do. There's days like, and then, then there's groups of people like my, my wife gets it. She understands, right? She, and she understands my sense of humor. You know, I'll say some crazy, some crazy stuff, but there's some of her friends or when we go out in public in a large gathering and I'll say something along the, the lines of like, dude, my kids are assholes or I hate my kids or, you know, I don't actually mean it. It's just my sense of humor. Right. And yeah. and then there's some of her friends are like, oh, what? He hates his children. Call child services. Oh my God. And I'm just like, Hey dude, like if I got to beat a kid's ass, I'm going to beat a kid's ass. <laughs> I'm not going to beat my kids up. Are you kidding me? Not in today's they world. Pearl. They grab their pearl necklace that they're wearing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what it is. You animal. So, <laughs> hey man, I some, do have nine fingers. Some one of the one of the best jokes that I've ever heard about children is this comedian, and she starts going off like, "I got naughty kids, like my kids naughty." And then uh, one day I was I told her I was going to spank her and she's like, I'm going to call child services. And she's like, you got to make it to the phone first. But, you know, that that really wasn't funny. But how she did it was funny. And I every time I every time I want to get mad at my kids, I think of that. Like, you got to make it to the phone first. Like if they start, you can't do that. I'm like, I do whatever I want. So. (laughs) Ah, kids. Uh, well, it's all about delivery. You got to love them. Exactly. You got to love them. Exactly. Exactly. It's 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 crazy. They can make you so amazingly happy in at one moment, and then they can ruin your entire day in the next mo- moment. So, I don't know. They're yeah. special creatures, man. No, dude, I'm not kidding you. My my 16 year old texts me right before we get on this call. Can you bring me food after school? no i can't what are you talking about well how am i going to eat before my game then i'm like that's not really my problem (laughs) did you think about that before you left the house this morning no okay i'm like dear lord like you got to think about what your day's got coming up yep 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 and that's how kids learn man they they learn by pain 
and they learn by neglect and they learn by like, just at some point you got to figure shit out on your own. Yeah. So, and also you all, you have to threaten adoption at least once a week, once a week, once a week, you have to threaten leaving them at a, a fire station once a week. I hate to do this because there are like, there are serious, unfortunate people in this world. Oh, no right? shit. Yeah. And, but <laughs> this is going to sound bad, but we can use them as examples, especially with my spoiled ass kids. Right. And so the one day we're driving down, they're arguing about, Hey, I want to go to the pizza ranch. We want to go to the arcade at the pizza ranch, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, guys, we went out to dinner yesterday. I'm not spending money two days in a row to go out, to go out to eat. Oh, well, it's not fair. Blah, blah. I'm like, oh, not fair. Whipped a Yui. And I went, I did do the old drive through the bad part of town thing. And I go, hey, guys, do you want me to drop you off right here? And, you know, there's like a, a crackhead sitting on the porch, just like thinking of ideas on how to get money so he could buy his next hit. Like, do you want to live in this neighborhood? Do you want to you want to see how bad some of these kids have it compared to what you do? Shut your mouth. <laughs> Poor kid didn't get pizza two days in a row. Exactly. Yeah, that's child abuse. I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. I hope everybody listening understands we are joking about ninety five percent of stuff we're saying too. I would say I'm joking more on the fifteen percent side. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's the glory of it. Nobody really knows what you're serious about and joking, so they can't really take any of it. Exactly. Seriously. We're, we're laughing part. about it all. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Intro's over. But now we yeah, got to, that was, that was a good one. Now we got to talk about something serious. And that is, you know, when does Missouri open? September 15th. 15th, dude. So, we got to talk about something, Nate, dude. You talked to me the other day over the phone and you're like dude i got a i got a big deer showing up in daylight right now every single day every day every day and so what time of day is this buck showing up where is this camera at that uh, you're getting these pictures of of him and how close do you think he is to bedded like where's his bedroom compared to where this camera's at i mean that's the 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 good thing about it and the bad thing about it all together. So he's showing up every day just after the first light. So like 90% of my photos of him are between 7 a.m. and 8 a.m. And so, um, you know, 6, 6.30 to, 7, to 8 a.m., somewhere mm-hmm. in there. And he's mostly on a, a mineral camera that I've got. And then he's been caught on a camera that's northeast of there uh, on the way to that mineral. So I'm pretty sure – he might be bedded in the same block of timber that the minerals in. He's probably bedded just north of there. Or I'm wondering if he's not just bedded out in some 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 standing beans right now um, that are you know six foot tall. Honestly, yeah, because uh, it's him and, and a, a bachelor group of other bucks, which is great. You know, I mean, it's awesome to see a picture of him every day. But at the same time, I'm terrified that I'm I'm never going to see that deer again after they go hard on Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's like it's one of those catch-22s, but it's a big deer. I mean, if, if he stuck around, it'd be the biggest deer I ever killed if I ever – if I got a chance to, to take him. Okay. So. So we're – and I want to talk about this in a little bit more detail th- this specific time of year here in a little bit, but I got to get some more intel on this on this buck. Is this, is this buck uh, a deer that you've had it? Uh, history with from last year? No, so he's a first timer. Uh, this is a first year farm for me. Oh, first year farm. Okay. Yeah. So you don't know if he's been around or not. No, I don't. Okay. All right. Yep. Well, that's a good thing. Um, talk to me a little bit about what you think your approach is going to be for this deer. Uh, let everybody know how many acres is this farm. Uh, it's it's a pretty good sized farm. Um, we'll say you know, hundred acres, but the, it's, it's kind of weird. The farm is only accessible from the East Yep. and all of the timber that I'm hunting is on the very, very far West side of this farm. Ugh. And the other bad thing 
is that that timber the farm if you kind of if you if you picture the farm as a rectangle okay and the timber is over on the left or the west side and the entry is on the east from where you enter you go uphill and then you have the crest of the ridge and then downhill back to the timber mm-hmm. i'm not so sure how i'm going to get in there without being caught is my is my biggest issue um you know mornings obviously you have a better chance because you can get in there in the dark but right now they're living there yeah. so i don't know how you don't get in there without bumping a deer out and then in an, an afternoon hunt they're gonna see you coming um so i'm i'm working on trying to get access from the west which is actually not much better but it's at least another option yeah but um listen like i've been one of those i'm one of those people that i feel like if i put enough time in and you know don't bump the deer too often or or, you know scare the deer i guess that i'm hunting i can get on them eventually i hope this farm though like i'm i'm grateful to have it but it's it's not going to be easy to figure out how to get in there but i'm never going to complain about having a once in a lifetime not once in a lifetime but i mean once in my lifetime so far type yeah. of deer on camera and uh oh by the way for the listeners he does have a nickname and it is a mortal combat character just so you know what'd you name him <laughs> what'd you name him his name is baraka Baraka. All right. So yeah. he's not named yeah. after Barack Obama. No. Okay. It's a uh, Mortal Kombat character. He's got a bunch of freaking like crazy teeth and yeah. He's got so he's got like swords, swords in for his arms. hands. Yeah. I yeah. remember him. He had some pretty brutal fatalities. Yeah, he did. Yep. yep. And the reason I named this deer that is because this deer's got a bunch of bullshit and crazy stuff coming out of his bases. Yeah. So he kind of reminded me of that that character's jacked up teeth. Nice. Okay. All right. So dude, I hate it. I, dude, I have a farm, my main farm and I've, I've had success throughout the years, but man, it is hard to access just because they all go in one direction back to bed and then they come out of all the timber in the mornings or, you know, like, so when you get there and you're going in for an early, an early hunt, you hope that they're on the outskirts of the ag so you can somehow go right through it and and get to the timber without spooking them but it is it's damn near impossible to do that man dude that that's i mean i'm happy i'm getting him on more than one camera but Mm -hmm. what sucks is i was hoping to get him on cameras that i have further west so that i was hoping he'd be coming from the west to me yeah well i think he's right there on that that farm right Mm -hmm. now so like nobody really wants to complain about a deer like that living on him but if he's living there and he's bedded there every night and morning i just don't know how i'm going to get in yeah um so i i kind of wished he wasn't on the property and then he came in you know first thing Mm -hmm. in the morning which would which would tell me hey he's bedded close but not right to the north of you know these cameras Mm -hmm somewhere in the small block of timber or like i said even the bean field mm-hmm. obviously that's going to change when the beans come out if that's the case which is you know probably good but um yeah right now i'm just kind of like i don't know how i'm gonna do this yeah you know how i'm gonna swing it but um, yeah, that's tough we'll man that's tough uh so a lot of things happen between now and when the openers and I know I know it's only 15 days away, but man, once that velvet comes off, they sh- they'll shift, they'll fight, yep. and so who knows if he's even going to be there. But but if this farm is good and it's holding deer right now, I would think that he's going to get first crack at an area. Are there a lot of Are you getting a lot of does on camera out there too? No, and oh, that's okay. the bigger that's my bigger worry yeah. is I've got. At most, I've had a doe with twins and then another doe with a single fawn. Mm-hmm. But that could also be the doe and one of the twins is gone. Yeah. So at most, I've got two does that I've been noticing on camera, and that scares the ever-living shit out of me just because if there's not does there, what reason will there be 
for the Bucks to be there later on in the season. Right. Um, so, like I said, this is a brand new farm for me. Um, there's going to be a lot of learning this year, how they how they use it, if they do use it after you know the season gets going. Mm-hmm. You know, is this just like a summer spot? Uh, the the one positive that this place has got going for it is it's the only ag in the area. Okay. So that's that can't be a bad thing. Well, the farm just to the south of this farm is also ag, but those are the only two ag fields in this general area. Yeah. That can't hurt. No. But um, you know, they they start hitting corn and beans a lot less as the season kind of goes on. Mm-hmm. So eventually, we'll see, eventually think. they'll go back to it at some point. Right. But by then, you know, it's all probably taken out. You know. Sure. So. Definitely. It'll be yeah. It'll be taken out by then, and um, there'll be a lot of changes. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see him every day. No, that no doubt. But I'm keeping it cool. Yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> You know, think I'm going to go kill him early. I was, I'm actually not even supposed to be at home on opener. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm supposed to be in Wyoming chasing elk until the, like the 24th or 25th. But now that's up in the air. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, all that, kinds of stuff that might going be, on. Right that might now. be something we talk about here in a second. But it, do you feel like if you are around for opener and knowing that this buck is in daylight coming into this area? Do you feel like, okay, number one, can you hunt near mineral in Missouri? Near mineral, yes. Yes. Not, not over, well, in our county, the county I'm in is not a CWD zone. Okay. So we can have mineral, mineral only, not feed. Not bait. Um, not bait, mineral. Okay. Um, so you can area, hunt. And then you, you could hunt over it just because it's, by that time, it's not really a, a bait site anymore. But I never do hunt over mineral. Okay. But. Uh, technically you can hunt around it okay and so at least at least coming into it like coming into that area maybe leaving that area is is this buck doing the exact same thing every picture like is he entering the frame from the left every time or coming from the right every time no he's coming he's coming from both directions he's coming from the south and the north every time okay but he's always coming from the east and okay. that is what throw, throws me off because the east is nothing. It's it's nothing but fields. Mm-hmm. The timber is all to the west. And your camera's facing east. My camera's facing east. Okay, yep. that's the ag, and that's why he's coming in, right? So he's he's coming in from the the ag every day, every day, every every morning, probably mm-hmm. hitting up. I don't know. There are there some oaks there or something. There are, yeah, yeah and there are some early acorns mm-hmm. on the on the ground. I've noticed, but. Um, I haven't really noticed them eating on them, yeah. but yeah. I haven't paid that close attention to them. Yeah, man, that's when it's going to get tough, right? I mean, yep. knowing that he's coming off egg right away, you would have to like completely flank that area and come in like in a big hook into into that area. But it's doable. Do you already have a stand in that area? Nope. 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 I'm planning on hunting out of a saddle this year. Okay. Yep. Yep. So, dude, running gun. I, I wouldn't. I, dude, here's me. I'm also a fairly aggressive. If you're not in Wyoming, you need to give a get a crack at that buck, like opening morning. Oh, I will. Yeah, yeah definitely. And then, um, then when you're in Wyoming, and, you can get all these pictures sent to you and say, "I should I should be in Missouri right now." <laughs> that's very possible. Yeah, and that's the only bad thing about this farm. I don't know anybody around the area. Yeah, and so you know. I was kind of thinking maybe I could stop at a neighbor's house and see if they let me access from like the south mm-hmm. so that I could slip up their property line and then just straight into the timber, you know, yeah. just boop, right in. Mm-hmm. Um, because right now my only two options are the very far north edge of this property or the very far south edge, you know, property lines. From the east. And from the east. And either way, I'm going to get skylined Obviously, in dark, in the dark, I wouldn't. But they're, they're. I just, I worry that they are going to be standing in the middle mm-hmm. of that bean field opening morning as I'm walking in. Yeah, and that'll, that'll, you know, that'll change everything. And and that's you have a bicycle? what I think he's doing. I do have a bicycle. Try it. Right in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Think about it. I'm serious because so you've described. I 
my the new farm I have access to, I can only access it through the south east corner. There's a gate opening. It at that gate opening because the two properties are connected at a corner, and there is a gate yeah. opening there, and so. I can't access it from the east, the north, or the south, just that one corner. And when I would walk in there, especially on an afternoon hunt, it was whitetails. They, they were sitting on this little ridge, and they, they just watched me come in every single day, and then they would run or just not show up. The, when, I brought my, when I brought my bike back there in, um, uh, in November when I was hunting, it didn't bother them. I mean, I would ride, I would ride right by them in some cases. Then I would yeah. park that bike behind a damn wall and where they couldn't see it. Like one of my tires was even like a little bit in the water. And then I'd walk that damn wall into some of these tree stands or like hide behind a hill to get into some of these tree stands and, uh, or these hunt, hunting locations. And like, man, it's a, it, it's a game changer. <laughs> the only bad thing is, so I don't have an e-bike. And I don't yeah, know you have can, to pedal. <laughs> I don't know if I can make it up that hill. <laughs> oh, so it's pretty uh, steep. It's not pretty steep. I'm just out of shape. Oh, okay. but, uh, <laughs> Dude, you're getting ready to go to a L, on an elk hunt. You can't be, here, you can't be out of here's shape. The thing. Here's the other thing I thought, man. So every time I go out there to work on it, mm-hmm. um, you know, dump mineral, change camera batteries, move stuff around, um, I have taken my side-by-side out there. Okay. And one night, uh, we went, we, we were, me and Micah recorded a podcast and then we went out there to do some work in the dark because we didn't have time any other time. We're like, we'll just go change some cameras around. We'll just go do it. So we drove out there and there were deer in the field and we drove right by them and they didn't even, they didn't even flinch. It was just like, Oh, there's that, that farmer again. I've even thought about driving that out there and just. That would driving work. it straight to the timber edge, killing it and popping in. Dude, um, that works, you know, man. It's against everything I've ever thought, mm-hmm. but they are used to it. There's that. Mm-hmm. So, well, I, I mean, if they're used to tractors, I mean, I, I tell the story all the time about how deer are conditioned. I, I, I was watching probably. I'm guessing he was a four year old. He could have been older, but he was like this four year old. 145 inch uh 10 pointer just sitting behind a tree in this grassy area by a tree in a grassy area um the day before there was another buck in that same bed or that same yeah bedding under that tree and then behind it was a standing cornfield on the on the neighbor's property and so where this deer was bedding was on the neighbor's property the cornfield was on the neighbor's property and the combine started combining and came right by him i'm talking 30 feet i'm not joking 30 feet and this buck didn't even move he stayed right there and then he made his lap and he came around for a second lap and he came around for a third lap and he stayed in the exact same spot he didn't he didn't jump so that tells you like in some of these egg egg areas that maybe loud noises and tractors and stuff wouldn't be a bad you know a bad access route dude i heard a um we had a guest on our show this has been probably a year and a half two years ago his name's blake garrett and he's from missouri too and he kills some giant deer up north and he talks about training deer yeah and he says he only uses his side-by-side when he goes out to feed them during mm-hmm. the summer. So he wants the, that those deer to associate the sound of his side-by-side with food. And so he drives out. He'll leave the side-by-side running. He gets out, dumps all his feed at, you know, at the time and whatever he needs to do, and he drives away. Mm-hmm. And then he says, I'm not kidding you, within 30 minutes, there will be big deer on that on that camera eating he goes so then when it's time to hunt i don't worry about driving side by sides out there yeah in fact sometimes he thinks that that side by side especially up at first makes them think it's food yeah absolutely absolutely so i mean there's a lot to be said to that so i'm thinking about actually um you know we're recording this on august 31st I'm thinking about over the next few weeks driving out there just to drive out there. Yeah. Uh, drive out there, drive the, the 
you know, the timber edge, you know, maybe change a battery on a camera right quick and leave again. Leave it running. Just to do it a yeah. few more times so that if I do decide to do that opening morning, I'm I'm more I'm more confident that I could get away with that ATV than walking in quietly. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, absolutely. I, uh, we'll see. I agree 100%. There's a lot of people who hunt like really big managed properties, and they say that they go out and they do work and chainsaw and feed and tractor. Every, they do something every day out there. So the deer are conditioned to it. It's not like, you know, it's not like, it, let's, let's say, a piece of public that sits dead all like all year and then a whole bunch of pressure comes into it the deer are going to spook and they're going to go but if you if you have consistent pressure on a farm all year long it doesn't become pressure anymore it becomes just normal Normal. day to day yeah yeah so yeah i don't know man Uh, like i said i'm it's it's something i hope to deal with yeah that's for sure i mean if if that deer is still there and i have to figure out how to get in there great yeah more power to us. Heck yeah, man. I hope, I hope you slay him, man. I hope, I hope you figure it out. Are there Dude, any, I've got all my buddies. Uh, Andy's one of them. I don't, I hate killing deer early. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't know why mm-hmm. that, that year, actually you had me on your show on a, on a buck I killed on October 16th. That's the earliest I've killed a deer before yeah. so far a buck. And dude, I was so freaking happy after that. I was just playing with house money. I yeah. mean, I killed, to that point, the biggest deer of my life with a bow. And I didn't have any worries in the world. Right. Um, so like if, if I kill that freaking giant on September 15th, great. Color me happy. I, I, I don't, I, I don't need to worry, wait till the rut, man. I, I've got another tag anyway, if I, if I absolutely have to have it. So, uh, well, here's I'll the deal. September 15th. If you kill that buck early season, then, and then does does Missouri get two tags or just one? You do, but I w- if I killed him on let's say September twentieth, yeah, I would not be able to kill another buck until opening day of rifle season, oh, okay. which is around November twelfth, okay. somewhere in there. All right, every year. Okay, so you do get two, but there's stipulations to it. But one's a firearm tag. Not necessarily. You can't kill two with early season archery. Then let's say you, I kill him September 20th. Mm-hmm. Then I've got a rifle tag, which is 10 days long in Missouri. Um, let's say during that time frame, I don't kill a buck. I can then kill a second buck in second archery season. Okay. That starts after the rifle season. Gotcha. Okay. But I can't kill two before rifle starts. Right. All right. So here's an idea. Just think about this. Kill him early. And then you don't have anything to go go on. And then I'll pick you up if I decide to go to Oklahoma this year. And you can come with me and we can hunt public in Oklahoma. I'm, I'm good with that because I'll have so much free time. Like, I'll tell my <laughs> wife, babe, I, I went hunting one time. Yeah, one time. Look at all this time I'm saving you. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Me being in the tree stand. So she, she should be tickled pink with that. That'll never work, though. You know that, nope. right? <laughs> nope. Now you can build me my new screen door that I want. Exactly. Hey, so when are you going to finish this project? I'm like, anyway, deer hunting. 10 to 12 years, somewhere <laughs> there. Uh, okay, so the last question I have on this farm. Is there any other ambush point or like really good terrain feature that you've identified maybe in a different area than where you're getting pictures of them? To where, like, hey, dude, deer are going to come through here. Maybe this might be a good uh, setup point as well. Yeah. <clears throat> Without giving too much away, there's a pond on a neighboring property, mm. property, which I think is where they're watering. Okay. And there's a pretty good drainage coming off that pond into a thicker timber area, which is where I would assume he would be bedded. But, you know, he's not right now. He's yeah. coming from the east at the moment. But, um, and... I think I can get into that area pretty, the easiest area for me to access would be that area. Okay. And um, there's some decent trees in there, and I think I can get them coming off that either to water or to head towards ag. Yeah. One way or the other, if they come that direction. Um, that would be a pretty good ambush, ambush point. 
yeah. where I've got that mineral at and where he's on camera every day, that's going to be a little di- more difficult. It's a little more in the middle and it's a little deeper into the timber too mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm going to be walking through where they might be. Yeah. So, um, I might try to chill out up front if, if I'm in there early season and maybe just hunt just inside the timber for a few days, try to figure out exactly he's, he's on camera every day, but he's not giving me a lot. Okay. He's, he's only shown me there's been two different days that he's given me two different pictures on two different cameras. Okay. Every other time he's on camera, I get one picture of him, not one picture. I get him on one camera, yeah. right? And I've got six cameras right there in that in that block. So he's not stupid, or I'm stupid, one of the two. So only one picture, only one camera is providing pictures of this buck? Most, most of the time. And like I said, two different days, I have gotten him on two cameras, that one and another one. Okay. But that's it. So I would, know, I would take, this is me. I would think about taking one of those trail cameras that didn't, doesn't have any pictures of them and moving it closer to this area to try to find like, to be able to triangulate his position. Yep. Which is what I've done. That, okay. Those two times I've gotten that, that's how I've been within the last two weeks okay. because of a trail cam move. Um, I'm probably going, like I told you over the next two weeks, I'm probably going to go out there and do it again. Okay. Um, because, uh, I, he's gotta be doing something I'm not catching. And if I could get three photos of him in the same day, that would be huge Yeah. on three different cameras. Right. You talked about triangulating, I think on one of your recent shows, Mm -hmm. um, if I can get a photo here, a photo here and a photo here at different times, obviously, Man, that that would tell me a lot. A lot, and then you um, right then now you know what getting, uh, terrain feature to hunt. Yeah, yeah, that's that's just uh, that would be huge for me. So I'm I'm taking all these cameras that I've got kind of spread out, and I'm gonna compact them, and then if I can get him more on camera, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little further out, and see if I can't you know kind of I should have done that up front, but in the summertime you're not thinking of that sort of stuff. You're just yeah. trying to you know, find animals. Yep. Um, so I'm going to kind of compact these cameras a little more. Um, the two cameras that he's, that he's hitting on the same days at the same times, those cameras are only, Oh man, 80 yards apart from each other. Yeah. So I'm going to put another cam on the other side in a travel area. That's going to be a similar distance away and see if I can't figure out, you know, is he, is he jay hooking? Is he coming from the west and jay hooking into this mineral, which is why I'm catching him on that east cam? Is he do? I mean, is he doing w- different things here that I'm just not catching because yeah. I see him on these two cams? Yeah. Whew. That shit will keep that shit will keep you up at night, man. It does. <laughs> look, look at this freaking thing. That's everything I've done with him so far. Are those are those notes that you keep personally? Yeah. Yeah. That's a note app. Okay. And it's uh every day he's ever been on a camera, I'm putting the date, the time, what exactly camera he was on and which way he was headed from or to. Okay. The that's temperature smart. The wind direction, the barometer, and if it was sunny, cloudy, that sort of stuff. Okay. And uh he's he's definitely keeping me up at night. Yeah. I'll say this, man. So, and I've talked, I've talked a little bit about this recently on my, on my main farm, the one I've hunted the longest. I have, uh, my number one target buck on that farm has showed back up. And honestly, he, the deer movement just as far as, as far as bucks have not been spectacular, uh, on any of the farms that I have. I mean, he shows up, but just every once in a while. He doesn't show up every single day. He's just kind of around. I only have him on one trail camera so far, and I have one, two, three. Where's that? Four. One, two, three, four. I only have four, uh, and I have four other cameras out right now, and he's not on any of those. So with that said, he is... Um, 
I, I've been able to create a shape and then it, within that shape, I find the terrain features. And so who knows what's going to happen when he strips velvet, but he's in the area and that's good enough for me. And then, so basically what I do is I use the historic data to figure out his core or it's probably not his core area, but the, the area that I am more, the most likely to encounter him in when, when I go yeah. to hunt that farm. So, and now on my other farm, man, my cameras have been out, you know, for a couple weeks now, and there was just no deer. Last year, this property was stacked with deer. And I mean stacked with mature deer. I think there was six deer uh, all over. They're either four-year-olds or older, and four or five in, in that on that property. There might have even been more, to be honest with you. But this year, and maybe it's because of crop rotation, dude, nothing. Like, I mean, it, there was nothing until four o'clock this morning that showed up. Is there, is that the farm that's got a lot of work going on? Right. Yeah. Right now it does. Right. And yeah. so I don't know. I, I think that ha- that, that's got to play. Like I got in there, I sat, they didn't mow anything this year. Uh, they haven't done anything. And then, so I put my cameras out and about three days later, then they went through, they mowed everything, they bailed it. And then I'm guessing they removed the bales as well. So I don't know. Uh, hopefully that's, that is the reasoning behind all this. And now it's going to hopefully slowly recover. But here's, here's one thing for like, for me, I used to get nervous, like, dude, there's no bucks. There's no bucks here. You know, I I need to go find a different spot. But here's what there is. A ton of does and, like, three doe groups. And so the the old Dan Johnson would have been worried, but now I'm just like, it's just a matter of time, man. Once that that velvet comes off, they're going to start laying scrapes. They're going to start identifying territories. And that's when my gut tells me, you know, that's when the big dogs are going to start showing up. There's there's two things I look for on trail cams in the summertime that make me happy. I want to see the bucks, mm-hmm. sure. Because I've always been a believer that it can't be a bad thing that a buck is comfortable where where you're hunting. Right. If, even if it's as, just a summer range and he's got this rut range, I have a hard time believing just myself that a buck who has been comfortable, let's say, for instance, this buck I'm after, Baraka, I have a hard time believing that a buck who was on a farm every single day for months on end won't be back at some point. Yeah. So that, or I want to see a bunch of does. Yeah. And if if I can see a bunch of does and maybe not bucks, you know, Micah's in the same boat. He's got a property that he hasn't had a picture of a buck in a while but he has dough upon, I mean, just doughs out the ass is what he, he's saying. So yeah. um, that farm has traditionally had bucks on it and it's not going to really probably change this year Yeah, because with all those does, there will, what do they say? The, the term where there's hoes, there's bros. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it's, it. it. It's going to happen. Yeah. So you know, it's it's a little more nerve wracking when you don't know what is out there if you don't have any photos of them. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's why I told you I was a little nervous about this farm that he's at because I, I think I've only got a single doe with some twins. Yeah, and that scares the shit out of me. Well, but, hopefully he he uh, strips velvet and just stays there for a while, and before he starts to you know spread his wings and vi- visit all the other areas, yeah. and then I I think it, at that time. You know, maybe, maybe this, I don't know, I'm just thinking out loud here. Maybe this is a good opportunity to like to hunt the, the mid-October uh, time frame too, where they're still doing stuff. They're laying scrapes and doing all that stuff, but they're not, they're not like interested in the does yet. I mean, that can even go all the way up to, into the pre-rut as well. No, no doubt. I, I feel like he, and I hope I'm wrong, yeah. but I feel like he is a buck that, will be more possible to kill before the rut than during the rut. Yeah. Um, for me on this farm. So you're right. I feel like in this situation, he is going to be one where I need to get at him early. Yeah. Whereas the farm you're talking about, that's full of does with no pictures of bucks. Yep. That farm might be more suited to hold off 
until we're getting to prime time. Yep. Because uh, if you're going in there in the early season, all you're doing is blowing does out of there, and then right. you you're not going to have them. Yeah, um, for sure. That sort of stuff. For sure. All right. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk uh, to you about is, is this. As of right now, and let's even let's let's make this a hypothetical question. Even into the first two weeks of October, you don't have any any deer really on camera. And I want to keep it. I want to keep the the scope of this conversation before crops come out. Okay, now, so I know a lot of guys who hunt big woods or a lot of guys who hunt in the south, they might not be able to relate to this. But if you're hunting big woods or if you're hunting like big national forest swamps or things like that, you have a ton of acreage basically to um, to go look for deer because deer don't need to, you know, they're not concentrated, I would say, like they are in the uh, Midwest where if there's egg in the ground, then they can, they're, then they're distributed. But then when the egg comes out, it's, it's con- like they all come into the same areas. Right. And so that's mm-hmm. why in the Midwest, everybody wants the crops out before November. So they're all the deer are in the timber per se. Yep. All right. So my question then is what happens if there is a shift in this this September time frame, he strips and he disappears. He changes his core area, and the pictures of him dry up. Are you going to lose faith in us in those spots, or are you going to like focus on different spots? I would probably lose faith in it a little bit. Yeah, but like I said, it's new to me. Yeah, so I could see myself if he does disappear, quote unquote, when he goes hard horn and stuff changes. I could see myself just getting more aggressive. Mm-hmm and trying to go deeper yeah. Uh, because that shift could just be, you know, 250 yards West. Yeah. Um, doesn't necessarily mean it's a two mile shift. Yeah. And, um, you only got to get lucky once, you know, like you and I have talked about this before. You got to be on a a point on a map. The same time that deer is on that point of the map when he walks by Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, you got to put the odds in your favor to make that happen. So that's my, that might be where I get more aggressive and try to get in deeper. Mm-hmm. If he quote unquote disappears, um, I would, I would lose a little faith because I did get told by the farmer or the landowner here that gave me permission that he seems to lose them after they go hard horn. Mm-hmm. So that definitely worries me. Yeah. Um, but based on kind of what he said, he's also never seen anything like him. They've never really hunted that farm very hard. It seems like yeah. just, just from talking to him. So yeah. uh, I, I really don't know what to expect. So I'm, I'm not really going to lose faith there just because it's brand new. And, you know, I want to learn, I want to learn that farm this year quite a bit. And yeah. that might mean messing up uh, possible. Right. And so the reason I asked that question is because my dad owns what is it 80 acres it's like maybe 76 acres uh in north central iowa egg ground like i mean egg ground i mean from fence to fence from road to creek i mean everything's getting farmed all the agriculture very little crp um my dad has planted some trees since he's owned it owned it on there but he sent me a picture last night of an absolute giant that is in this area. Okay, I'm talking like a 170 class, eight nine inch brow tine, uh, ten pointer. One of uh, one of the G2s is split. There's a little junk on the other G2, and I mean it, it's it's a beautiful animal for any anywhere in the state of Iowa, and it just so happens it's getting caught on his the trail camera that I gave him. And so the reason I'm saying, like I always say, don't get worried about it is because the second that this, the, the, the crops come off this property, he, he's going to, he, my go, my guess is he's going to move back down to the river bottom and where all the covers at, and that's where all the does hang out too. And so don't be discouraged that there's no deer on your property because a lot can change, especially in egg country between now, because I would have never guessed 
This is if I was a hunter coming into this area, I would straight up overlook this property that my dad owns, and I would say, dude, no, it's it's a hundred percent ag. There's no way a deer lives lives in this. Sure enough, somewhere somewhere close, there's this buck is living, and it's ag as far as the eye can see. There's a little bit of river bottom ground right there, but not a ton. And so is it a is it a corn cornfield now or what is it this year? Yeah, this year, last year is beans. This year is corn uh, on throughout the piece, and then I believe it's corn on the other property as well. And so that's just a ton of cover. My guess, if I had to guess where he's betting, he's betting in a fence row in between the two cornfields somewhere, yeah. or maybe yeah. on a, a terrace in a terrace somewhere where the corn yeah. doesn't in grow. the in the corn in the yeah. corn. Right. And then he comes out and munches on the the CRP that my dad, my dad planted or munches on some of the clover that's out there and and things like that. And, and uh, so don't get discouraged because right now these deer are in places that you don't even know about. And then as soon as the shift comes, as soon as crops come out, I mean, whatever, whatever ag country, I mean, some, some places where there's no ag, they're shifting cattle into their fall, their fall places. And so, uh, it could derive cattle out or deer out of one place and push them into a new place. And so there's a lot of things that could go right and go wrong for you. Like, I mean, shit, they take the crops out of your, of your piece. He strips his velvet and you never, you don't see him until next year. But that doesn't mean that he's not going to come visit it in the in the rut, either. Right. So, I don't know. It's tough, man. It's tough to, uh, you know, say whether or not a deer is going to show up because honestly, we don't know. But if you, I think, I think for you, I think you're going to learn a ton about this property when you get in it. And even if you mess it up a couple times, I feel like you're going to be able to go, oh shit, I should have been accessing. Yeah. I'm, I should I'm an idiot. Yeah, like <laughs> I should have been accessing it from this way, or I should have came on from this direction, or maybe I should have went right down the gut right to it, or whatever. Yeah. And maybe shit n- next year when it's corn, dude, you're gonna and he's doing the same thing. You're gonna have awesome access. Walk right through the middle of the cornfield, and it, yep. you know without him seeing you, hopefully. So or hell, yep. maybe they won't be there this time of year because it is corn, and they'll be they'll be on the beans on the neighboring farm or wherever it's at. So, right. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that I'm looking forward to. I mean, honestly, what I would prefer is that our, our bow season open September 1st. Right. And I could just <laughs> kill his ass tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, um, you know, I got to wait 15 more days and that 15 days or that two weeks. Yeah. That's a huge, I mean, that's, that's such a big difference in those deer. Uh, I've already got one deer at a different farm that's hard horned. Oh yeah. And yeah. And so they're all going to be doing that here over the next couple weeks. And, um, so much is going to change at so many different people's properties. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's a big time of year before seasons kick off all across the, the, the Midwest for sure. That's right. That's right. Well, man, hopefully this all pays off, uh, for you and you do get a crack at this buck or, and then, I mean, it sounds to me like, like, real, okay, so let's do this real quick. You you had plans to go to Wyoming with your brother-in-law, right? Yep. Curveball, and now you might be going to hunt elk by yourself. Or not at all. Or not at all. Okay. Yeah. And so are you going to have to give up all that, all those preference points and the tag, or can you return it? So this is why I might not be going. Um Long story short, we my brother-in-law ruptured his um, a, a spleen, mm-hmm. and this dude is be- in better shape than like ninety-five percent of the world. I mean, couldn't I couldn't believe that he's the one that's got problems. I mean, yeah. between the two of us, I'm I'm the old man who's got one leg and out of shape. Yeah, and uh, you know he's the one that got sick. So uh, we're not totally out of the like. He might still get to go, but we're pretty sure he's not going to get to. Yeah. So we got to talking, and I'm like, well, you know, um, I could see if I could find somebody to go with me or, you know, whatever. But this this is something him and I have always wanted to do together. Right. You know, backcountry hunting, camp on our backs. And so I'm like, you know what? Let me – this is a big 
learning point for most people that are listening here. Freaking call the states that you are hunting in mm-hmm. and talk to them. So I just like, let me just call Wyoming, man. Let's see what's going on here. So I called, you know, Department of Game or uh, Park Game and Wildlife or whatever, Game and Fish, whoever they are, Parks and Wildlife, whoever they are. And I call them. I'm like, hey, you know, my brother-in-law, spleen just ruptured, this and that. You know, like, are we, is he SOL? I mean, this is a once in a lifetime probably type of tag here. And is he just screwed? And they're like, no, no. Uh, did you guys draw as a party? And we say, yeah. And they're like, there's a there's an application that you can send in called a carryover application. And uh, if he gets a letter from the doctor saying this guy can't come out here, um, there's a decent chance it gets approved and we'll move your guys' tags to next season. Both of you. Oh, hell yes, dude. Yeah. So we're once we know for sure he's not going to be able to go, we're probably going to fill out that application and uh, turn in the tags for this year. Okay. Well, that's if awesome. That's the case. Yeah, I mean, that's a no-brainer if you can do yeah. that, right? Yeah. And then you don't have to worry about hunting alone, and then you can accomplish that dream with your brother-in-law, dude. So, Yeah, so awesome. we're not positive, and it sounds like um, there's there's quite a bit they make a doctor do. You the, the doctor has to fill out a form, and they have to type up a letter. Oh, okay. So he's going to have to get the doctor to do those two things for him, and um, – and then I basically ride his coattails because there's nothing wrong with me right now. Right. Um, I just don't want to go without him. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. Uh, we've got a few weeks to make the decision. Uh, well, not really a few weeks. We're supposed to leave in a week. Yeah. But, um, you know, like we got time to decide if this isn't going to happen because, you know, there's always that chance that, you know, we wanted to go archery hunting for sure. That's what we were going out for. But, if he starts feeling better, you know, we could always go for the rifle season if we had to. Yeah. Um, you know, it wouldn't be exactly what we wanted, but we just want to go elk hunting. Yeah. So if it, ha- it happens to be in October with a rifle, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but so we, we got some time to decide. But yeah, definitely. I was just telling people in that situation, call the state, you know, just ask questions. They'll help. Right. I've, I've never had a problem. We went out to Colorado for several years. Uh, we've applied to Wyoming, all these different places. If you call them, they'll try to help you. Um, if you got a problem or have questions or can't figure something out, just call them and ask them. Yeah. Well, that's good, man. That's awesome. All right, dude. Well, we're going to yep. uh, wrap her up here. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to do this. I know it was last minute. And, uh, man, I hope you slay that buck. Well, I hope you slay that giant that you just saw. Have a good I'll tell one, you man. what. Okay, let's, what, make, what let's, make, let's make a deal. Okay. You kill a giant buck, you got to come on our show and do a Tales of the Chase. Okay. And if I kill Baraka, I'll come on your show and, and tell, tell the story. Tell the story. Hey, that's a deal. And if you kill, if we both kill early, then if you if you don't go on your Wyoming hunt and we both kill kill early, then we have to. I don't want to give a yes or no right now, but we have to strongly consider going to another uh, over the counter state hunt. Agreed. All right. Yeah. Virtual handshake. Yep. There you go. All right. All right, right, man. Take it easy. All right, man. We'll see you. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Huge shout out to Tethered, Wasp, Vortex, Ozonix, Code Blue Sense, Woodman's Pal, Huntworth. Please go out and support the companies that support this podcast. Please go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, follow me on Instagram, and uh, keep an eye out for some new gear coming down the pipe, especially a Nine Finger Chronicles hat. And I'm going to share that information with you guys later. So good vibes in, good vibes out. If you're going to be in a tree, wear your damn safety harness.